0: This is Tim Tap, host of Tap into the Truth, that you can hear every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on the K Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, ZMA Radio, and the Vera Networks.
1: Command codes verified.
2: Say, is it a crucial stage? It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to
1: do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread.
2: So many people try to cross the border. And politicians build a new world order. I'm convinced
1: they should be led I've got to be free
2: ask me more. Oh.
0: Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. With all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, Coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee. And so very glad to have you guys along for the ride. It is Friday night. It's been another ridiculous week in the world of politics. So let's spend a little time together, unwind, have a little fun, have some discussion, then go from there. Now, some of you may have seen my earlier pre-promotion of tonight's show, and i got to tell you what one of our scheduled guests had unfortunately had to back out. Uh, J. Michael Wallert will not be with us tonight, but we are definitely going to have Daniel Bowles. And we're still definitely hoping, and we don't have final confirmation, unfortunately, uh, in the second hour to have Daniel R. Street and also M.K. Sweeney. Now, should be interesting conversations all the way around, and if we don't get them for some reason, well, we'll do what we always do. We'll improvise. It's Friday night, we'll hang out together, and we will talk. I mean, heaven forbid that a talk show host... Might actually do some talking. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, glad to have you here, as always. Certainly uh, appreciate it, especially if you are taking the time to join us live, whether you're listening on any part of the Vera Networks, uh, or if you're listening for the K-Star Talk Radio Network, and of course, Liberty Talk FM, and last but definitely not least, ZMA Radio. If you're listening on any one of those platforms or any of the digital platforms that are extensions from those, thank you so much for being here as well. Before we get to the first topic we'll be discussing, you know, just you and I together on a Friday night, do need to remind you that you're at risk. You are. You're at risk. You know why? Well, because unfortunately, two-thirds of all Americans are at risk. At risk Of experiencing a blackout. Not just a a momentary blackout. Not just a a wink and you missed it and yay, the power's back on. But an extended blackout. Hours, days, maybe even weeks, depending on the reason for that blackout. So our friends over at 4Patriots, they want to know, are you ready are you prepared to protect your family? Are you ready to keep your lights turned on, to keep your medical devices going? Doug, he's ready. Right now he's over in the control room, and he's got uh, one of the power cells out, and he's got it lit up, and, and he's, he's prepared. All right, he's got so much stuff from Four Patriots right now. You would have thought uh, they were his sponsor and not mine. But then again, Doug has purchased He is full-blown getting in there because he knows being a crazy Cajun means you've got to be prepared. Anyway, bottom line here is what our friends over at 4Patriots are really trying to push right now. They want to make sure you know that you can be better prepared than almost anybody by having yourself. One of the Patriot Power Solar Generator two thousand X's. Now this is the brand new, newest, top of the line solar generators. And I know some of some of the preparedness folks they get all poo poo about solar generators because they're like, oh, you don't always have the sun. Solar generators store up power. All right, they work at night because you charge them during the day, and none of them are designed to only operate on solar. But if the power is out for an extended period of time, you've got that as a great backup. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can keep your refrigerator going. You don't have to worry about whether or not it gets super cold while you're having this blackout and maybe you would like to use your electric blanket. Maybe you want to pop on your microwave you know, to help warm up some water to use for some of your Four Patriots survival food kits. Maybe, maybe it's turned summer, and it's super, super hot. You got your RV out there. You got an AC unit set there. You can run that with one of these generators. Electric wheelchairs, yeah, that's there too. All kinds of medical devices. Bottom line is you got 12 outlets on the newest version, including four AC outlets, so you can power up more devices at one time if you want. You get two USB-C outlets, which means that you can charge your phone about 20 times faster than a regular plug. You're good to go. But the best parts here are the fact that this new solar generator is completely fume-free. That means you can use it inside. You can bring it up close to whatever you need to operate. It never needs gas, ever. Look. Over 150,000 Americans already trust the Patriot Power Generators. You know why? They got one. They found out these bad boys work. All you have to do right now is go to fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P to take a a good long look at it right now and decide when you're ready to move forward with it. The thing is that particular page on their site, it's set aside for you guys, listeners of the show. It's going to land you on a page that focuses on this week's deals and discounts, but you're going to see a little uh, tab up at the top of that page that specifically mentions the new Patriot Power Generator. You can click that and immediately see everything that's going on. They'll still know that I sent you, but it's perfectly okay to shop for a while in the uh, deals and discounts before you take a look at it, too. It's I don't know what else to say. Be ready. You need the prepare. You need the preparedness items that you can use right now, and that can literally save your life. Right? All right. So uh, here we go. Uh, breaking news. A little while ago, uh, before I left the day job, Trump's uh, f- civil fine for his so-called. Uh, I I can't even bring myself to say it, his so-called fraud case against uh, the Trump business. Well, Judge Arthur Endragon ordered Donald Trump and the Trump organization in particular to pay $350 million in damages. Damages to who? Uh, nobody's really quite sure because no one was actually damaged during this. And the other side, probably a bigger deal, the Trump organization is banned from doing business in New York for three years. Now, that's absurd on its face. I'm not going to go too far into that story right now because I'm going to deep dive that a little bit later uh, on a especially. Uh, Focused short podcast a little later. And we may bring it up as we are scheduled when we talk with Daniel Street later to talk about another one of Trump's court cases. That's what he's coming on. He's a great attorney. uh, And uh, we'll have some discussion there. We may delve into this a little bit too if time allows. So I don't want to go too far into it. What I do want to talk to you about, however, is the fact that the uh, current. Biden Justice Department has decided to sue my home state of Tennessee over a brand new HIV prostitution law. Now, here's the deal. They decided it would be a really great idea to file a lawsuit uh, this past Thursday against the state of Tennessee's aggravated prostitution law for people with HIV. That's essentially what it's called. Now, the law itself imposes tougher penalties – for prostitutes, if they engage in prostitution while knowingly being infected with HIV. The Biden administration, the Justice Department there, they've come to the determination and suggest in their lawsuit that this violates the Americans with Disabilities Act I'm pausing there to give you a second to let that sink in. Americans with Disabilities Act. What? You realize that means that they're essentially insinuating that prostitutes have a legal right to be prostitutes despite the fact that other than just a few places, there's a a very few jurisdictions in the U.S. where prostitution is legal. It is an illegal act. Prostitution is not legal anywhere in the state of Tennessee. When you have HIV, thankfully, I mean praise the Lord, that a lot of folks who get it now, you very rarely run a high risk of dying. The treatments have gotten really, really good. All right, so you get HIV. You can even be treated well enough most cases. You can bring it down to the levels of the virus in your bloodstream to what they call undetectable. Now, you're never going to be completely cured. It's a retrovirus. It never goes completely away. But you can bring the levels down low enough that you actually can engage in uh, sexual contact without the risk of spreading because there's so little of it so it's undetectable that's what they call it and and i'm glad it's there i really am because this is a deadly deadly disease before that happened but just because most people don't really become ill from it anymore with treatment that's the important part with treatment there are still people every year that die either directly from HIV because they don't get the treatment in time or because it does still lead to long-term health consequences. You have complications that arise from it. HIV is still nothing to joke about. It's still nothing to sneeze at. It can be deadly. If you knowingly have it and you engage in acts of prostitution – According to the Justice Department, it's okay because you're an American with a disability, and to treat you differently, to elevate you to a different level of extra charges somehow means that you're being discriminated against because of your disability, Uh, the disability of having caught AIDS and now running the risk of spreading AIDS to people who… Most likely don't already have it. I mean, granted, if you're somebody that is constantly frequenting prostitutes, there's a good chance that you have any number of less than optimal medical conditions. <laughs> it's Friday night, and I'm just trying to avoid going full-on raunchy right off the bat here, guys. But, uh... It is just insane notion here that whether you have it or not, the prostitute still has to move from the general assumption that their clients are clean. The, the, their clients expect the prostitute to be clean. These are unreasonable expectations probably, but these are still the expectations. Regardless of how you feel about it, it's absolutely insane to somehow imagine that prostitutes have some legal right to conduct the business of prostitution in a jurisdiction where it's not legal. If you're committing a criminal act, you get no coverage. You get no cover at all from the judicial system, nor should you, because you committed a crime but you happen to be disabled. I, it's the equivalent of saying that uh, I've got a bum uh, knee, so you caught me because I couldn't get away uh, when I was trying to rob the Seven Eleven. I tried to get away on foot. Uh, you're not legally allowed to catch me because I'm a disabled American. That, that's the same mindset. And it's probably even more absurd because Of the potential life threatening situation. And again, like I said, with proper treatment, it's no longer a death sentence, but you are forever having to take the treatment. It does change your life. The department said that Tennessee's law elevates the crime simply, quote, Because the individual has HIV, regardless of any actual risk of harm. Okay, now stop right there. There is a risk of harm if you are engaging in an activity that is clearly known to be a spreading factor with HIV virus. If you have HIV, and it doesn't matter what you, oh, well, they've got it under control. They have the treatment. It's undetectable. You know what? I don't think any of the Tennessee uh, DAs are going to slap on the extra charge if HIV is undetectable. They probably should. Because what do uh, Democrat DAs do every chance they get? Oh, well, uh, you were jaywalking, but you were concealed carrying. That's committing a crime while in possession of a firearm. Boom, bam. They pull that kind of crap all the time. That's way more absurd of an idea because, again, it's not going to be life-threatening. It's not going to be life-changing. This still could be. Anyway, the assistant attorney general, Kristen Clark, of the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division decided she was going to send out a statement, and in that statement she said, and I quote people living with HIV should not be subjected to different systems of justice based on outdated science and misguided assumptions. Okay, this isn't about the science. This isn't about assumptions. This is about the fact that prostitution is illegal, and it's now become, for better or for worse, and I argue against it, I don't like the idea, but it's become standard par-for-the-course activity for our Justice Department, for DAs to over charge because they're always afraid they may not get the conviction on the actual charge they're trying to get. So you throw the entire kitchen sink and you just wait and see what's going to stick and you convict them for as much as you can because otherwise somebody might just walk if you did it the way you're supposed to you you picked me up for jaywalking you put me in front of the city court and there's no witness that can testify that I actually jaywalked and my word is I didn't do it and nobody's there to testify against me then guess what I walk legally away right That's why they overcharge, and if it's perfectly okay to overcharge anywhere else, which, again, I don't agree with, but if it is permissible, we'll put it like that because we know that's the case, then this does not violate that precept. So it's not about the science. It's not about making assumptions. It's about the fact that prostitution is illegal in this jurisdiction and should be treated as such. The real weird thing here, to my mind, is this law passed in 1991. It happens to be 2023. Uh, No, I'm sorry, 2024. In fact, we're about a month and a half in to 2024 at this point. A little bit past that halfway mark. And the only reason we're a little bit past the halfway mark now is because it's a leap year. But it's 2024. That was nine years away from 2000. So that's 24 plus nine. That's been passed for decades, and all of a sudden the Biden administration decided, oh, well, you know, we have to go protect sex workers. Because sex workers are workers. You know how I know that? Because AOC told me so. So, you know, that's it. Case closed. Done deal. Obviously, we should just repeal the law. (coughs) AOC solved the whole deal for us. If I'd known that to start with, I would have been on the other side of this argument. Silly me. It passed in 1991. It raised prostitution from a misdemeanor to a felony. Quote, when, knowing that such person is infected with HIV... The person engages in sexual activity as a business or is an inmate in a house of prostitution or loiters in a public place for the purpose of being hired to engage in sexual activity. So I love the fact they tried to cover all the bases here, but I also want to go back in time to the year 1991 because – if we land there for a second, and then we put into effect this idea, this notion that, hey, guess what? In 1991, HIV pretty much was a death sentence. This was an act where you were knowingly risking other people's life just to try to make a quick buck. That was the one of the years where we had multiple people that were charged as being… Mass murderers because they were using HIV in their bodies as a means to infect and kill people. Tennessee is not the only place that has a law like this, but Tennessee is the place they've decided to stay, presumably in an effort to undo all the other laws in the other states that have a similar name. The law also required, by the way, people who are convicted of engaging in prostitution while HIV-positive. ...to register for life as a violent sex offender. Now, Tennessee is the only state that has that requirement. And that does seem to be a bit much to me. I I don't see this as an act of violence, per se. Now, to be registered as a sex offender, I would say that probably does I, – I think that's warranted. I, I think it is warranted in that situation because, again – if you knowingly did this, then you are a criminal, and you're not exactly a harmless one. Again, from back in 1991, that means that the convicted person faces up to 15 years in prison and a fine of up to $10,000 for the felony charge rather than just six months, a fine of up to $500. for the misdemeanor charge. Yeah. Again, because we're not just talking about being a prostitute anymore. You can make the argument now that it's not such the overwhelming health threat, but you couldn't then. And if you want them to amend the law in some fashion… Maybe you should try talking to the Tennessee legislature and the governor, Bill Lee, about maybe looking at updating it since it's no longer a death sentence. No, 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 no. We're the federal government. We're the Biden administration, and we're out there fighting for every kind of DEI category we can think of. <clears throat> why Why else would we just pretend like Prostitution's okay in places that it's not legal. You tell me. Seems pretty silly. This lawsuit, I hope it gets tossed out, but you know it won't. Lawfare is the way the Biden administration does everything. Okay, before we uh, take our mid hour break, which is coming up real quick, do want to ask you a very serious question. Have you thought about? Have you considered trying to help hedge your your wealth? You know that that nest egg that you built up over time, the stuff that you've worked hard to squirrel away, that you've suffered, that you've sacrificed for, that you've worked your entire life. and maybe have a little something when you're retired. Have you thought about hedging? ...against the damaging effects of inflation and Bidenomics through the use of physical gold or silver? If you have. (laughs) Or maybe you're worried about protecting your wealth from the digital dollar. Maybe you just want to have some financial freedom and privacy. If these are things that have been on your mind, I highly recommend you give our friends over at Harvard Gold Group a call. Look, jot this down. And... Yeah, I've gotten word some of you guys have reached out using the online uh, method, and, and that's great too. But I highly recommend you actually give them a call because then you can talk to a person. You can get your questions answered, and you really do find out a whole lot more by asking those questions and getting that direct interface. So jot this number down. OK, it's eight four four nine seven seven gold That's 844 All you're really going to be doing by placing that call is requesting a free copy of their uh, investment guide. It's going to give you the ins and outs, the do's and don'ts. It's going to let you know if you're ready to move forward with some physical gold or silver. The best part is these guys are top-notch. They are. I mean they're the best in the business. They are easily the premier conservative gold company. I trust them. I do business with them. They are great. I'm not just telling you that because they are a sponsor of the show. I'm telling you that because I have gold and silver in hand when I want it, just walking back to my safe thanks to Harvard Gold Group. And you can do it, too. Whether you're looking to protect your uh, retirement or you're looking to have gold in hand, it's a pretty cool feeling. I can tell you from personal experience. Give them the call, or you can give them a quick visit online, if that's the way you prefer, at harvardgoldgroup.com. But again, I highly recommend you give them a call and talk to a person. Do not forget to use promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, if you go the online route. And if you do, give them a call. They should ask you how you heard about them. Make sure you mention Tap into the Truth or My Name Tim Tap. Uh it'll it'll open up an additional free promotional level, two hundred and fifty dollars of gold or silver, uh with a qualifying purchase, of course. But they're better business bureau approved, five star ratings across the board. These guys are phenomenal. Again, let me give you that number. One last time. I, I've rambled too long about it, I know we'll get it done. But it's 844 977 Gold. That's 844 977 4653. Give them a call. I'm telling you, you're just getting information. What could could be bad about that? We'll be back after this. I'm sorry for rambling, guys, but it is. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. My name's Joe Biden. My name's
3: Joe Biden. My name is Joe Biden.
4: American taxpayers have paid over $20 billion over the last two years on refugee and illegal entrance assistance. And for what? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's Page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. According to a report from the Open Books.com, we the people have been paying for many services for law breaking illegal border crossers, including legal assistance, medical screening, housing assistance, leftist cultural orientation, work authorization, public benefits application, government school enrollment, mental health services, cash support, and Medicaid access. Meanwhile, many thousands of U.S. military veterans are left without adequate housing, food, and medical assistance. Yet, Parent Agency Administration of Children and Families received $2.9 billion in support for Afghani entrance. And what I have shared with you is a small fraction of the orchestrated invasion of the United States of America. My fellow Americans, either we work together to save our exceptional nation or be doomed to misery and injustice for all. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays 3 p.m. Eastern to find out where. Go to theronedwards.com.
5: These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet, or don't know how to do it, or having to train how to do it, or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire, around 65 years old. And the idea of stocks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what stock does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do.
4: Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less ascetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best. Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to Blue Edge and click on to the Constitutional Grounds Coffee Display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember. Constitutional grounds, the coffee you want in your
6: cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Acuary, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, H-E-B in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat? It has four custom moth levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee
0: and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code T-A-P-P or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code T-A-P-P. From all of us here at MyPillow, Pillow.
7: You have had the right. I have the right. We all have the Second Amendment right. And that's the truth with Tim Tapp. Hey.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through that very brief break. Uh, It always warms my heart to hear little Matt Fitzgibbon's music and hearing Amy Hollum uh, being so very kind and generous to spend some of her time uh, helping to lay out some of these break liners. Uh, A bunch of great folks, and I hope they're listening tonight, as always. I appreciate them being here. All right, and I appreciate you guys being here as well. Thank you so much. It's Friday night. A million other things you could be doing, but you're tuning in here live and it just, it makes me feel special, guys. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> All right. Enough silliness. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to bring on our first guest of the evening. Uh, he is an entrepreneur, an inventor, a teacher, a writer, a business consultant, and that's just the fun stuff he does. He's got quite the impressive resume, included being a uh, Army veteran, uh, among other things. He's one of the driving forces behind a uh, organization that I think most of you are aware of, and if not, this will be a great opportunity for you to become aware of. It's the Freedom Alliance. He's also now, as of October of this past year, a released book Author, America's Freedom Megaphone, The Case for Building the Statue of Enduring Freedom. Ladies and gentlemen, enough bloviating from me. Welcome to the show, first-time guest, Mr. Daniel L. Bowles. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. And uh, before we get into anything at all, how are you on this fine Friday evening?
7: Well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate the time to uh, visit with you and your audience. I'm I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking
0: all right. Well, obviously, uh, you're, you're a guy with a very well-rounded background, and I love the fact that you've spent time in different parts of the country. You've been in New York, you've been in Michigan, you've been in Utah, you've spent time outside of the U.S., uh, places like Scotland and Germany, just to name a couple. And, and during this time, the travels, your experience doing all these different things, it has clearly led you to a true appreciation of the the blessings uh, that liberty provides uh, the the idea not just of talking about freedom as a punchline like unfortunately a lot of us end up doing these days it's like oh yeah oh freedom uh, you actually have learned that deeper appreciation because you've gotten chances to see how it is applied when it is applied how fleeting it can be and uh, i think that really shows with a lot of the things that you do so i want to talk to you a little bit about the book of course but before we jump into that and there's another topic i would like to get to if we have time that allows but for first time guests i really like to get into their projects and the things they're doing i I would like to know uh, just For the benefit of the listeners that may not be aware, uh, a lot more about Freedom Alliance, LLC, and how that came about and how you came about uh, bringing that to life.
7: Well, thanks, Tim, and to your listeners. um, The project at hand, and yes, I've been involved in several over the past number of years, but the project at hand, um, your listeners can find out all the details at our website, as you said, uh, Freedom Alliance. LLC.com. Essentially, um, since 2017, uh, we have been we have been working on a project to propose a national monument be built on the West Coast of America, and that uh, my book uh, does its best to make the case for why America needs to have this monument, a companion monument to the Statue of Liberty, the Statue of Enduring Freedom. Why this monument needs to be built today, and of course, we have a location uh, established for that. But the answer is why. You know, why, why do we need, or do we need another? Uh, do we need another national monument um, that is brought to us by the private sector, by the way, not by the federal government way, which is very important. But why why do we need this? And uh, to answer your question about my experience and living living all over the world i suppose i have experience we have experience it's not just me it's the freedom movement it's the millions upon millions of people who feel in their heart when they open the open the news open the newspaper and, and read and listen to the media that something is just not right with america now we call it america stands at a crossroads and the two crossroads that are before us continuing down the path of individual freedom and liberty and the other path, going down the uh, the road that leads to soft tyranny and socialism, and there, are, and we can't, we won't, we don't want to stand for that. And we feel that by building this 305 foot tall monument on the west coast, that that will that will scream, that will make a loud, loud voice. Hence the megaphone uh, analogy that we use in the title of my book. It will allow people to say loud and clear that America will never fall to socialism and that we, we uh, are determined to maintain and to keep our individual freedoms and to pass those on to future generations. And we plan on doing that through the, uh, the future-focused mission of this monument, and I can get into that later. It all has to do with education.
0: Well, I mean, education is the key. Uh there's, there's no two ways about it. That's part of why I do what I do here, trying to make sure that uh, hopefully I, I trigger something in someone to make them want to learn a little bit more. Uh, I challenge them not to just take my word for it, to go find out for themselves. We've seen the harm of uh, Marxist ideologies gaining control of education in multiple areas. We recognize uh, the ill effects there – And it's a simple uh, point-blank situation where if we educate properly, if we message properly, then it becomes clear that Marxism is a losing proposition. Socialism is a losing proposition, and we've been falling victim of this divisiveness, this uh, putting us – Uh, In boxes, putting different labels on it, and keeping us fighting because your label is different than my label, and we're not paying enough attention to how big that rift is becoming to the point that our nation doesn't represent the melting pot that it once was. Um, A monument like what you're discussing uh, is a good starting point, uh, especially in a time where people seem to be more interested in tearing down monuments uh, based on whatever excuse they can come up with, and unfortunately again it 's simply detrimental to that education. It causes us to stop having the conversations about okay here 's this person here. this is why they were uh really good they were they were human beings, they were flawed, they had whatever uh, their foibles were there. We can talk about that too, but it doesn 't negate the good they did. Or uh, in the same fashion, here is this individual over here who was uh, held up by a group of people but was really kind of a bad person. This is why they were bad. And then we don't get to have the discussions about how far we've come together to overcome the shortcomings. That's always been, uh, to me, the best part of having a monument. But now having the bookends, having the Statue of Liberty on one end and then the enduring freedom on the other end, I think that does help us get back on the right track. Uh, So I'm a big fan of what you're trying to do. I I still – would really like to know uh, what it was that made you decide that this was your new project, this was your new passion, because, you know, with all the other things you've done, it'd be really easy for you to find something to pour your energies into. What was the trigger point for you to decide that this is the path you needed to be on?
7: Uh, Tim, I uh, started my career um, in the classroom. I was a history and civics teacher in high school, and – you know, um, teaching uh, students about civics at that time was something that uh, that I did individually, but I was also extremely aware of the infiltration that had happened uh, starting in the 60s in our government education program, infiltration by uh, liberal-leaning social engineering philosophies and what they were doing at that time and, ha- and have continued on for the last 60 years and As a result, um, I'm trying to answer your question, Tim, why in the world did I come up with this? Um, As a result of that infiltration in our educational system, our students today are becoming ideologues to the uh, liberal doctrines that are being uh, propagandized in our public schools. They're becoming ideologues instead of true creative critical thinking citizens. And I've, I've seen this, I've experienced it. And, uh, the, you know, the idea came to me and also an answer to your question. It also came to me because, uh, for, for a decade in my life, I was involved in monuments. I was, uh, helping design them and build them and, uh, create proposals to build more of them. So the whole world of monuments is, is nothing new to me. I enjoy it. I've been there. I have a minor in art and, uh, I understand, I should say this, I understand the significance of monuments. But, uh, and like on your website, I'm looking right now at, you know, the Great Lincoln, the great Lincoln Memorial. The, uh, the thing about monuments, though, and specifically about the Statue of Enduring Freedom, as we're proposing, is this. All the monuments that we have in our country and around the world, the, the, monuments are built to honor an individual or honor an event of the past. And that's fine. That's what they've done. But the Statue of Enduring Freedom, as we propose it, is different. It is what we call a future-focused monument. Our future focus is that of education. The whole mission of this monument, yes, at one at one point it will be a symbol, just like Lady Liberty is a symbol. Um, it will be that symbol. But the important, future-focused, ongoing mission of this monument is to reincorporate to offer education lesson plans and civics about how our country was formed and why and why it uh why we talk about america uh, the way we do um because we know that it was inspired by god through our founding through our founding fathers and so um, we will offer lesson plans in the visitor center Uh, creative ways to learn more about the the true factual founding of america but we will also then offer lessons through uh, digitally through our website and we will be uh, sponsoring uh, uh, high school assemblies around the country as well and we will be teaching what has been by design left out of our government educational system for many many decades and Essentially, what we're doing is we're answering Reagan's charge, and you know Ronald Reagan's quote. It's on the begin. It's on the homepage of our website. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for and protected, and handed down to them to do the same. And to be honest, we have we collectively as Americans through the American education system, we have failed at that. We have not passed that along. To the current generation at all we have not and uh, we are going to through this monument and through our educational outreach program pass that love of freedom that understanding of freedom and how our country was was founded uh, to future generations tim 100 years from now you and i are going to be pushing up roses that's it 100 years from now you and i will be gone the question is what will our country look like if our children continue on the path of propagandized, being propagandized by the liberal left, if they continue down that path 100 years from now, what will America look like? Well, we can project that. We see that because we're living it, we're living it today after just 60 years of, of that kind of propagandizing into our system. And so we, we're going to turn that tide around and bring a, a true understanding of the founding of America to current and future generations We believe that is the best remedy to solve the uh, the crap that's going on in our country right now. Yeah.
0: Well, I certainly love your passion and uh, your genuine love of everything we're discussing. Your love of the artistic side of creating a monument, the meaning that monuments should have, uh, your love of the country itself. Uh, It's definitely something... That I can respect, sir. I, I I talk to a lot of people that are trying to make a quick buck. As you can imagine, it is oh, uh, here, help me sell my book. Uh, I, it is those special occasions is a night like tonight where I get to talk to somebody that's truly passionate about trying to do the work. And I can't tell you how much that means to me getting to speak to you about it. Uh, we're already, and this happens every time we're having a great conversation with anybody already, uh, running really tight with time. So I do want to talk a little bit more about the book before we, uh, have to start saying our goodbyes for the evening. But, uh, the idea of the book is it primarily just making the case for the uh, for the uh, monument to try to get more people to come uh, to the cause and be part of the movement or did it start from another place and it's really just okay here's why we want to do it but here's all the other great things about this country and why you should care about it
7: well uh, my book um, my book highlights it highlights a lot of the aspects that are going on, going on in our society today, things that we, uh, we, we are wondering how, how things got so messed up and how, how we're beginning to uh, you know, see our society fraying at the edges regarding our individual freedoms. I, I talk about many of these issues, where they came from, how they came to be, and their purpose. I'm referring now to the big government coalition. I'm referring to the propagandizing of our educational system and uh each of these situ or each of the chapters in my book identifies the times that we're living in, but then it offers again the solution to those problems that we are living in today. I don't I don't like the idea of just sitting around complaining about things. It drives me nuts, I'll be honest, Tim, you know, it drives me nuts. I don't like just sitting around pointing fingers and complaining, Oh, woe is me, woe is our country because of look at this, this and this. I identify those issues in my book, and then I offer a solution, and our solution is simply to build this heroic, historic monument um, to to advance the uh, freedom cause of the United States, so I don't know if that helps or not, but there it is.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I, I certainly don't think it's going to hurt anything, uh, Daniel. I, I definitely think that uh, it, it is a thing that we need, uh, not just the monument itself, but the feeling, the understanding of why America is worth memorializing, of why the people who, you know, you don't have to be some historical figure to be a great American. You just have to be willing to stand up for each other's rights and to exercise those rights and occasionally have the courage to stand up against the politicians who lose sight of what their role as a uh, is a uh, a gatekeeper if you will towards the protection of the rights uh, the people are supposed to do uh I, like I said I really appreciate uh, your work your effort your energy here daniel Uh, Real quick, please let everybody know where they they can find your work again. Let them know where they can find the book, share the websites again, and uh, if you invite people to follow you on social media or if the organization has a a social media presence, please feel free to share the handles and the platforms. And then any final thoughts you want to share as well, uh, feel free to do that right now.
7: So your listeners can find us. They can find all about the monument. They can see the monument. Our sculptors uh, live in Chicago. They can see the monument as they're creating it in their uh, Chicago studio. They can see different images of uh, Brother Freedom there on our website, and that is freedomalliancellc.com. And on that website, they can also read more about my book, and they can, of course, purchase, purchase the book there through Amazon. Um, and of course, the name of the book is America's Freedom Megaphone: uh, The Case for Building the Statue of Enduring Freedom. You know, one of my favorite chapters. You talked about why uh, and that is in Chapter Three. It's called Warning Voices from Immigrants. In this chapter, we quote we quote a whole bunch of legal immigrants of legal uh, immigrants to the United States. And they are pleading, in those quotes, they are pleading to America to do everything that we can to keep our inalienable rights, to keep our individual freedom and liberties, because they came from countries, communist countries, socialist countries, hellhole countries around the world. They came, they lived in that environment, and they chose to come to America and become a legal immigrant. We honor them. And to hear, to hear their voices to us is, uh, anyway, it's pretty powerful. So uh, perhaps in the future, Tim, we can, uh, we can talk again. And thanks again for your time and uh, hats off to your listeners.
0: All right. Yeah, I definitely want to have the opportunity to speak with you again, because like I said, we barely had a chance to scratch the surface. And and with something as important as the project you're working on, uh, it really needs to be there. And again, just the depth and the passion and the caring that you have uh, for this, uh, that also makes this a very special uh opportunity and you're right uh, about the legal immigrants uh, i've been uh, fortunate enough again to get to speak to uh, a fair number of the uh, legal immigrants and a few times even on the air uh, <laughs> lots of times they won't necessarily come on but there are so few people today that appreciate the promise of america as, as those who have been elsewhere and again for actual citizens here, uh, people like yourself, it's really hard to fully appreciate it unless you have traveled outside of the States to see it. So again, Godspeed to to you, and, and thank you so much for your efforts. I appreciate it, Daniel. Have a great weekend, and I do look forward to getting together with you.
7: God bless, Tim. Thank you very much.
0: All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Mr. Daniel L. Bowles. Uh, do check out the book, America's Freedom Megaphone, uh, The Case for Building the Statue of Enduring Freedom. I will have links in the show description for the podcast later, uh, for those of you that are listening to the podcast later. Uh, also uh, check out the not just the book, but also visit the website, Freedom Alliance LLC. Dot com. Uh, see what they're up to, see what they're doing In the meanwhile, it is time for us to take a little bit of a break to reset the hour And uh, hopefully, on the other side, we'll have our next guest And, you know, do all the things we do in the second half of the show Don't go anywhere, we will be right back I'm
2: going right there somewhere Somewhere, somewhere Somehow And somehow I'll return
0: This is Tim Tap, host of Tap Into the Truth, that you can hear every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on the K Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, ZMA Radio, and the Vera Network. and gals out there thank you so much for being here now we are officially diving headlong into hour number two of tonight's edition of tap into the truth uh before we get into anything i'm honor bound to remind you that life will go sideways when it does the question is how prepared are you going to be There's nobody out there that is better at helping you to be prepared for when things go sideways than our friends over at 4Patriots. It doesn't matter if you need backup electricity in the event of a long-term blackout, or if you just need to make sure you have plenty of food to get you through in the event that the supply chains get a little out of whack and you just can't go get the good stuff. If that's the situation, our friends at 4Patriots have you covered. They've set aside a page just for listeners of the show, although, hey, guess what, guys? It's okay if you share that page with some of your friends that you know. In fact, you should be sharing the show with them so that they can come here for themselves, but that's beside the point. Uh, You can go to forpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. It's going to land you right smack dab in the middle of this week's deals and discounts, which is a great place for you, whether you are the seasoned veteran Who is the master of being prepared, and you've got all your preparedness and items ready to go, but you're still looking for one or two things to kind of tweak your collection, maybe, (coughs) excuse me, round up, round out the things you need. Uh, It's really not good to swallow too much saliva, (laughs) guys, sorry. (coughs) Live radio, what are you going to do? So, uh, Whether you're there or if you just need to have that backup electricity, maybe you need water purification, maybe you need some seeds, whatever it is, they've got you covered. You'll see different things uh, moving uh, on and off the page. Sometimes you've got items that are about to be discontinued that will be on sale. Sometimes it's just low-volume items, whatever it is. You get first crack at that by going to com backslash T-A-P-P. It's good for you. Now, maybe you're new to the preparedness game. You still get a chance to kind of get your feet wet gently, start picking up some things at a pretty good discounted rate, and then you start to see how good the quality is. It's going to be good for you either way. So uh, right now they're really, really trying to remind everybody that we're going into that time of year where the strain on the power grid is going to be high, so they really want you checking out their... uh, uh, solar powered generators you can look at the top of that page and there will be tabs that will take you to any other part of the spot but go to this page first so first they know i sent you but second so you can see what is actually on sale you're just gonna miss great opportunities otherwise uh, one last time that's the number four for patriots.com backslash t-a-p-p check it out today check it out next week check it out uh, frequently, because the deals change. Um, looking uh, into the control room, uh, we are ready to welcome our next guest. He is an author and an attorney. He's got a fantastic substack stack uh, called Daniel R. Streets Fake News Exposed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first time uh, to tap into the truth, Mr. Daniel R our street uh daniel again thank you so much for joining us tonight uh before we talk about anything else at all how are you doing today
3: well, <clears throat> thank you for having me on and i'm actually uh trying to get over a cold but uh otherwise feeling pretty good
0: <laughs> all right well uh speedy recovery to you sir uh obviously uh, you. appreciate you coming on uh, board uh still trying to fight it off uh you know, they, it takes a little bit of courage to do that kind of thing. So, obviously, uh, as so many folks uh, from your neck of the woods are showing just that little bit of grit that uh, uh, really made it uh, probably quite a successful uh, litigant uh, there. So, um, real quick before we jump into anything, let everybody kind of know a little bit about your legal background because. Yeah, you know, I, I always like to have first-time guests that are attorneys uh, to do that because it, it helps to establish not only your bona fides but where you're coming from from your legal uh, philosophy.
3: Sure, sure. Well, I'm, I uh, you know went to college at LSU, law school LSU uh, class in '96. I was law review and order of the coif and. Uh, that sort of thing, and then went into private practice. I've been in private practice since 1996, representing uh, uh, litigants in civil litigation in state and federal court, and <clears throat> do mostly, probably 95% of what I've done in my career has been uh, civil. So represent people in uh, mostly in injury claims, and then I do some contract work in, in some uh, business consulting, but The vast majority of what I do is injury
0: work. Yeah. All right, so spending so much time in and around civil law, uh, you have a pretty good feel for some of this uh, lawfare that's been used against Donald Trump. Uh, A lot of it, especially some of the state-level stuff, has been more civil than criminal. Uh, It's mind-boggling to me, some of these uh, cases that they're trying to put together, But, uh, you know, this is just me as an outsider who's talked to attorneys, not actually being one. Uh, So, again, love getting your uh, thoughts uh, on. There's so much to get into, though, in a lot of breaking news this past week, and everything from the determination that Trump doesn't have immunity from official actions as president uh, to uh, the uh, Fonnie Willis. what would you even call that, her testimony? It, it looked more like rather than a uh, a seasoned uh, district attorney, she was more like a actress who was badly written on a uh, CW uh, legal drama. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah. it didn't look uh, to me like she was very composed or even nearly as good at delivering the message as she thought she was being – uh, I'm not even sure what the best place to start would be. So I'm going to follow your lead and, and uh, try to get the feel for uh, what you think has been the biggest legal news in this law fair against Trump uh, of the past week.
3: Yeah, good question. Let, let's just start with uh, the, the Fulton County uh, DA's disastrous performance yesterday. So just so people understand uh Fannie Willis is the D.A., the district attorney in Fulton County, and brought, she brought a RICO, which is a racketeer-influenced corrupt organization, uh, prosecution against President Trump and 19 other Republicans. And some, by now, all of the parties defendant in that case had moved to disqualify her office and to dismiss the indictment. And come to find out what had happened was Fannie Willis hired a contractor, like brought in a lawyer from outside the DA's office to, to lead this litigation that turned out to be her boyfriend. And she turned out to have gone on trips with the man who was married at the time, um, literally all over North, North America and even in Central America. And the pro- reason that's a problem is she's paying all this money to her boyfriend and her boyfriend's really not qualified to be handling the case and he's being paid more than other contractors who are more experienced so the and then he paid for her to go on some trips um the ones i was just mentioning he went to belize and they took some cruises and so then that would be the da profiteering if you will off of the case using the county's money and in some cases federal funding and so the That's what the hearing was about, to try to disqualify her. She is, I think in my estimation, I watched most of her testimony, probably one of the worst witnesses I've ever seen in 27 years of practice in law. Uh, She was terrible. She did absolutely nothing to help herself. And we're supposed to believe that all this is on the square because she supposedly reimbursed her boyfriend in cash. For all of the charges that he put on his business credit card, by the way. He put all this on his business credit card. So then you got the tax issues. Did he write it off? Why would he use his business card and not a personal card and a credit card? And did he write it off? And then did he wrongfully write it off because he got reimbursed by her in the first place? So, you know, there's a lot to wrap your mind around. But at the end of the day, we're waiting to see what the judge will do. But I can tell you this, the the Fulton County B.A. and her office should not be anywhere near this case. They should be disqualified.
0: Yeah, I I definitely think that that's pretty obvious to anybody who's looking objectively at it. Uh, I keep thinking back to her little church sermon that she gave a couple of weeks before her testimony when she was talking about how she doesn't need somebody to come tell her how to do her job when – Based on what we're seeing at this point, evidently she did, and you would think as a uh, a prosecutor in Fulton County, she would know way better than to publicly announce that she rolls with fat stacks of cash, which is basically <laughs> her defense. Uh, is such insanity? Uh, the the way this plays out, though, it, it does seem like it's going to be very difficult for a conscientious judge. To not disqualify her and not to move this case to some other part of the state, which probably helps Trump immensely immensely because when you get out of Fulton County, it starts becoming a much redder state, and uh, it's hard to buy into the racketeering ideology at that point because – Ultimately, to make the case, you have to prove that these people were willfully violating the law, that they did not believe Donald Trump won the election, that they were actually trying to steal the election for him, and I think it's very difficult to prove that Donald Trump and the people closest to him didn't believe that it had been stolen from them, and they were just trying to rectify the situation. You get an honest jury, it's going to be really hard to make that case. But even with that aside, is there any legitimate grounds here that uh, Fonnie Willis doesn't find herself possibly disbarred uh, because of this action, which is clearly unethical, uh, even if she finds some legal argument to try to keep from uh, avoiding jail time? And and is jail time actually a possibility here?
3: Well, that remains to be seen. Jail time for – for uh, the D.A. Willis Um, and whether she'll be disbarred. uh, That's that's a pretty steep hill in most jurisdictions. She has a number of problems to deal with. One of them that we just talked about, um, you know, funneling county business to her boyfriend, funneling county business to her boyfriend and paying him without the approval of the county of the county, Fulton County, which was illegal, by the way. Um, There's a number of other issues that are really hyper-technical about whether he filed his oath and some other things. But the other problem she has is misrepresentations were made to the court by her lawyers, and those those were made because she lied to her lawyers about when this affair started. So, um, you know, there's evidence before the court that the affair started before this contract that she entered into with mr wade who is her boyfriend lover paramour, whatever we want to call it or was so her lawyers came in and said no when when they finally came clean they they gave the wrong start time so they wanted to make it look oh that this all starts after the contract was entered into and that's not the case so that's going to be a candor to the court misrepresentation to the court and material a misrepresentation issue that you'll have with the bar. Then you have the potential misuse of federal COVID funds. Congress is investigating that. Then there was misuse of the county funds. The, the state Senate and the state of Georgia are investigating that. So after all of this is over, oh and, oh, and by the way, she testified on the stand yesterday that she got all of this cash, and the reason there's no real record of it is she got it from her campaign funds. So the question is, is that – is it legal to take cash contributions and then to take those cash contributions and apply them to private entertainment and things? So she has – she's going to have ethics problems. She's going to have federal investigations, state investigations, and she's going to have bar complaints. So
0: the least of
3: her problems is whether she gets removed from prosecuting
5: this case. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I think something else that uh, kind of uh, folks aren't talking as much about Mm -hmm. as they probably should, but the visitor logs where she and her – a lucid lover, uh, made trips to the White House. And obviously uh, they were colluding with the Biden administration's legal counsel, which also then makes it look like this is more a political action than an effort to enforce the law. Uh, that, too, uh, is definitely not a plus. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit also about the, the uh, big breaking news of today. Just uh, a little while ago, Uh, They finally uh, came out and decided uh, what the punishment for the uh, Trump organization was going to be in their civil fraud trial in New York. Uh, We're literally talking about $350 million fined in damages, and the Trump uh, organization is going to be prohibited from doing business in the state of New York for at least three years. Um, Putting aside the fact that Every lawyer I've talked to, even a couple from New York, has said over and over again that the legal bar for fraud is someone has to be a victim. There has to have been some harm done, and that's clearly not the case here at all. The victim is somebody with Trump derangement syndrome uh, had to suffer and and couldn't figure out any other way to go after him. Um, How— How is your feeling on that particular ruling? Uh, Because to me, this is probably one of the most chilling effects because you – it feels like to me an outsider, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. uh, I highly recommend that you do because, again, that's why you, the guest, and the expert are are here. (laughs) But it feels like that this is just a judge who decided a long time ago he didn't like Donald Trump. He wasn't going to hear any evidence. He decided Trump's guilt from the start. And he was going to punish him with the maximums that he could. And he literally put aside the basic premise of law theory and the fact that fraud requires a victim uh, just to get at him. And it feels very chilling to me. Like it's no longer safe to conduct business no matter who you are in the state of New York as long as you have judges willing to weaponize the judicial system like that in the state.
3: Well, I agree with you. In fact, I don't know why any, if I had a business of any kind, you know, and we're talking about big businesses here. If, if I had, if I was running a big business, I would get out of New York State as fast as I possibly could. But I have to tell you, I would have done that already because they've already <laughs> proved, they proved whenever Governor Cuomo was the governor that the rules don't apply, the law do, doesn't apply, and they'll attack whoever they, they can for political reasons. And the thing to remember about this whole case, that resulted in this fine uh, that was issued today is that the claim is is that the Trump organization um, inflated the value of properties when they were applying for business loans. And the problem with that is, I mean, the testimony about that was all over the place. So ultimately, you know, you could get this entire case turned around, number one. But number two, um, there's no victim here. The, the banks to whom these loan applications were made were all paid back. They were paid back with interest, and they were all paid back in a timely manner. And the bank representatives came to court and testified to that and to all of those facts and to the fact that they would continue to do business and would like to continue to do business with the Trump organization. So this was – and here's the thing to remember also. The, the attorney general in New York ran openly on the platform that I'm going to get – Donald Trump. This is, this is what the Democrats are down to today, which is using the law to batter their political opponents. And she also said, she also ran on attacking the National Rifle Association and said that she was going to use the same law that's being used against the Trump organization. She was going to try to use it to, to ban or get the NRA's charter revoked and have the organization disbanded. Okay, and she sued the sued the NRA, and she lost on the 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 charter question. So the court said, no, you you know, the the NRA is not going to be disbanded, and the charter is not going to be revoked by the state. But that's what these people do, you know. And it would be the equivalent of a Republican attorney general in a state that had a Democrat organization. Pick one, you know, pick pick the uh, an organization that traditionally supports Democrats the AFL-CIO so if you had a Republican attorney general says I'm going to take down the AFL-CIO disband it break up all their assets and blow it to the four corners of the earth that's what these people are doing and the judge I'm sad to say was uh, uh, you know facilitated it
2: yeah
0: yeah I I don't think I've ever seen a case before where uh A defendant wasn't allowed to testify or offer up defense on their uh, own behalf, that they were instructed that they were already guilty and that uh, the decision here was to figure out what the punishment was going to be. It's like at what point was the trial to determine if they were guilty? (laughs) And I'm still having a hard time wrapping my mind around uh, exactly who it is. That's entitled to receive the damages that this fine is supposed to replicate because the only people who seem to have been harmed is the feelings of the New York State government in this case. And that, it seems like the opposite of what our judicial system is supposed to be. Uh, but, you know, we continue to to see one thing after another. These are just the two latest, biggest uh, news pieces. But, you know, I'd oriz- originally reached out to, to have you on to talk about. Uh, This decision uh, that has now forced uh, Donald Trump to to try to seek a stay uh, from the Supreme Court while they still argue the uh, legal merits of whether or not a sitting president has uh, immunity… When conducting the actual work of being the president, and that opens up a bunch of legal questions, we're already starting to run very short on time, so it doesn't seem fair to open up that can of worms, but uh, any thoughts that uh, you want to uh, throw out there about that particular case right now, and then maybe we can try to reschedule it, And uh, but it's not like these cases are going away anytime soon, so we've got plenty of time to keep <laughs> talking about them, but love to get your thoughts on just that determination uh, from the court stating he doesn't have immunity there and your thoughts on the constitutionality of whether he should, whether he shouldn't, and uh, where the judge actually is landing.
3: Yeah, great. Well, look, the, the D.C. Circuit ruled that, that presidential that presidents only have immunity for official acts while they are actually the president. And the problem with that is Congress has immunity, U.S. House members have immunity, Senators have immunity. The federal judiciary has an immunity. And I can promise you that if the the, the, uh, the president that was before the court was Barack Obama, this free-judge panel of the D.C. Circuit would have reached a different conclusion. All right. So that case is far from over. It's ultimately going to wind up at the Supreme Court on the merits, and we'll see what the Supreme Court has to say about it. Um, the the thing I would like for people to remember is that there's also a double jeopardy impeachment clause issue, because you may remember that on January 6th, 2021, the Democrats controlled the House of Representatives in the United States, and they impeached President Trump and claimed that he engaged in and incited insurrection and had done all these things to try to illegitimately overturn the election results and such. And he was acquitted of those charges by the United States Senate. In February of 2021, the Constitution says that a president can be removed from office and ineligible for office if he's impeached and convicted on the impeachment. And if he's convicted, he would be subject, he could be subject to indictment and further punishment. So the fact that President Trump was acquitted, by implication is he can't be punished for that conduct because he's already been absolved of any wrongdoing. So there's that, too. That could also uh, inform the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court may agree, at least, to knocking out some of the charges. So that case is far from over, but it is—it's—it's uh, it's been a just political gamesmanship, in my opinion, up to now, and unfortunately, the federal courts, the District Court, and the Court of Appeal in D.C. have facilitated that as well.
0: Yeah you know to to be honest uh with you daniel I, it feels to me like the only case that's been brought uh, against trump that has any real teeth any real chance of not being beaten on appeal at some point down the road is the uh classified documents uh case and that's because you know there seems to be and again i say seems to be because at this point nothing uh, has been determined in a court of law but there seems to have been actual classified documents that had not been declassified that he did have and refused to turn back over but even then you still have this legal uh nebulous Ideology of what level of discretion is there because they've already let Hillary Clinton go and she never had any legal right to have these documents and she willingly uh, tried to, I should say willfully, tried to destroy evidence of what she had and who knows what else when she took uh, (laughs) bleach bit to her computers and was smashing uh, cell phones and, and laptops. And then Joe Biden, who just got let off the hook for all of his uh, classified materials because now he's a doddering old dolt from delaware uh, and he, you wouldn't be able to prove that he has this cognitive effort but that has nothing to do with the fact that he was cognitive when he was a senator and started collecting these and uh May have already started this mental decline while he was vice president, but we have seen a major decline in a short period of time. seems like if you're willing to let these folks off the hook, why would you go after the one guy who had legal authority to declassify material and take them with him if he wanted to? It just seems like, again, they're just mad at Trump. Uh, <laughs> But, again, that's just my take from the outside. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. Definitely going to have to have you come back on, especially once you, you get the rest of the way out from under the weather there. And we can get into yeah. some of these conversations a little bit deeper. Obviously, lots to go into and obviously not going away uh, anytime soon. Please let everybody know where they can find your sub stack. You can find your work, share any websites you want to. And if you're uh, inviting people to follow you on social media, feel free to share your handles and platforms, um, all the good stuff. Let them know where they can uh, follow all your good work.
3: Sure, thank you. Uh, the best way to follow the work I'm doing is go to danielrstreet.com. That's my website, which is danielrstreet.com. There's links to my sub stack, which is free. There's links to my books. You can get my books at Amazon from there. There's links to my social media. And your audience right now can get my most recent book. They can get it in digital format, like Kindle, EPUB, PDF, whatever. Or they can get the audio version uh, for free in my website right now. So that's the easy way to keep up with
0: me. All right. Again, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I I do hope we can get together again sometime real soon and continue the conversations. Have a great weekend, Daniel. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. you. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Daniel R street. Uh, Be sure to check it out. We'll have links in the show description. Uh, Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this brief break. This is Gordon Knight with Deep Seeks Diaries. You're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth.
4: To wonder if certain Democrats believe that black Americans only eat fried chicken. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's Page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. In an effort to prove he can hold a conversation and eat at the same time, Uncle Joe Biden filmed a campaign stint in which he staged a dinner with a black dad and his sons. And what do you know? Old Uncle Joe shows up with fried chicken and French fries to boot. To me, It seems like the scripted fried chicken dinner campaign ad is more like a black family being held hostage by a president losing support from the black community and is hoping his fried chicken approach might work as well as the time Mrs. Clinton joined a group of Stefan Fetches and whipped out a bottle of hot sauce from her purse, which delighted the giddy Charlemagne the God talk show host and his fellow slappies. In 1974, Joe Biden said that any blacks who vote a Republican, he... Would put him back in chains. Today, I guess all he figured out is that chicken would do the trick. I'm Ron Edwards. Join the live weekdays 3 p.m. Eastern to find out where. Simply go to the RonEdwards.com.
6: Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven
4: constitutional grounds the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother richer healthier and less acetic coffee our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about because you want the best constitutional grounds is the coffee you want in your cup simply go to blueagecoffeecrafters.com and click on to the constitutional grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the re10 promo code and you will receive a 10 percent discount remember
5: So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley. And at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina, with my father, Boone. Cheers, we hope to see you soon. Hey, Jared,
4: what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say i got to wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I
6: sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you going to do?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20
4: years
6: for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yeah, I hear you. I'm
5: Andrew Kravchak, CEO of RedBalloon.Work america's woke free job board we can have good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit so if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense then put your resume on red balloon and if you're an employer looking for
0: hard-working reliable job seekers then post your open jobs at red i'm andrew Krabs. wait no it's okay guys that's just my last name i'm andrew crabschatz from
1: RedBalloon.work. check us out today
0: You're listening to Tap into the Truth. This is Matt Fitzgibbons.
4: This is Amy Hollum.
0: This is AZ. Sharing the night together. Yeah. Sharing the night together. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are sharing Friday night together, and I can't thank you enough for being here and being part of the the show. Like I said, Friday night, you're getting into the weekend, so many different things you could be doing, and you're here listening to me and my great guests. I'm assuming you're probably listening to them more than me, but uh, I thank you for being here just the same. Before we bring on our next guest, uh, the final guest of the evening, do need to remind you that if you have put any thought at all into uh, trying to – Uh, add to your portfolio trying to hedge against the current financial risk out there by including physical gold or silver. You can't do any better than calling our friends over at Harvard gold group. Uh, Look, they are the hands down the premier conservative gold company. I trust them. I do business with them. Uh, I just had a conversation with them a couple of days ago as we were talking about moving forward with our relationship and I, i got to love them even more than I did before. Uh, It has nothing to do with uh, our relationship. It has to do with how they do business, period. Uh, Right now, uh, I highly recommend you actually give them a call. You've got the option to go online, but if you call, you'll get to actually talk to somebody and get all your questions answered. And Trust me, even if you've talked to other gold companies in the past, you probably still have some questions. Give them a call. Uh, jot this number down. Give them a call as soon as the show's over. You're looking at 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Now, again, like I said, you can just go to harvardgoldgroup.com if you want to take the internet route. Perfectly all right. It'll get you there, too. Be sure to use promo code TAP. That's T-A-P-P. It uh, looks like Doug's going to give him a call a little later. He's jotting it down at any rate. Uh, he's really good at following instructions. Oh, he said jot it down. I've got the number, jotted down. Not promising I'm going to call, but I've got the number. So thank you, Doug. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you do call, they're going to ask you how you heard about them. Be sure to tell them. Tap into the truth or just say, Tim Tap told me about it. They'll know who you're talking about. Uh, otherwise, uh, online, tap is your promo code, T-A-P-P. Again, one more time, I'm going to give you that number just in case you weren't as quick as Doug was at jotting it down. That's 844-977-GOLD. 844-977-4653. All right. Now, Friday nights seem to go by so fast because here we are. We're live. We've got great guests usually scheduled. And uh, this next guest is kind of a treat for me because – Uh, I don't usually get to talk to fiction writers. Usually we're talking to political writers that are doing the nonfiction stuff, but this is a special case. Uh, Her resume certainly wouldn't uh, lead you to think first right off the bat, uh, great fiction writer. You'd probably be thinking uh, legal writer, technical manuals. Uh, She's been all over the place. She was born in Belgium. She's lived in Alabama. She got a degree from the University of Virginia uh, in commerce, of all things. She moved to Manhattan where she worked with pension funds. Then she attended law school. She's living in Atlanta, Georgia now. Or she's married, she's got three kids, and still finds the time not only to serve as senior counsel for a global chemical company, but to write a book too. And fiction takes more effort and time to write. Then the nonfiction stuff. I mean, there's a lot of research that goes into all of it. So to say that this woman is at the very least a master of time management goes without saying. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome uh, one more first time guest for the evening, uh, Ms. M.K. Sweeney. Uh, Ms. Sweeney, thank you so much for coming on board with us tonight. And before we talk about uh, anything at all, how are you doing this Friday evening?
8: Tim, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the very, very nice introduction. Um, I'm great tonight. Happy Friday um, to you and your listeners. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: All right. Well, again, thank you for that. I I certainly appreciate it. Uh, Now, you are writing – not are writing, have written uh, a fantastic book that is a young adult fantasy uh, storyline that has the strong Christian undertones, that's something that's been almost disfavored now. Uh, Since C.S. Lewis wrote The Chronicles of Narnia, uh, the ideas of a strong Christian value undertone in the writing, uh, particularly for young adults, regardless of what genre you're falling into, has become – well, I'll just say out of favor with most publishers. So first of all, tell us a little bit about the book, uh, and then my next follow-up question is going to be how much effort was involved with getting it published. Because like I said, not a lot of publishing houses that I'm aware of like getting unless they completely miss the Christian undertone. <laughs>
8: Um, yes, you're correct that uh, especially Christian middle-grade fantasy has fallen off of contemporary times. So there's just not a lot. There's a ton of middle-grade fantasy. In fact, the market is more or less inundated. But there's not a lot of glorification of God messaging in any literature for children um, these days. And I mean, maybe not at all. But um, So th- the book is uh, pretty fast-paced. Action and Adventure book, and it's the first in the series. Um, And it's written to kind of engage younger readers. So it's middle grade, you know, middle school kids and up. And um, But the underlying crux of it is the glorification of God. If the reader comes away thinking, you know, what would a relationship look like for me um, and overcoming some insecurities he or she might have, then I will have done a great job with the book. Um, And then, uh, sorry, Tim, your next question was how much effort? Oh, my goodness. It was a lot of effort. So I I started this book about six years ago, um, maybe longer now, and it was under contract with the publisher for over two years. Um, and I like to say that I'm made every mistake an author can make because I think it's true. I mean, I had to go through iteration of iteration of iteration because as you touched on, writing fiction, like a story that someone wants to pick up for fun, um, is a challenge. It's a challenge and you need to engage the reader emotionally. And especially for children, they need to feel engaged. They need to feel um, the, 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 story is moving and, um, it took me a long time. It took me a long time to, um, get there with the book. And I had a lot of help. I had so many different individuals that came through at different time that were super talented themselves and kind of get, got me to the next level. And then it was picked up by, uh, Christian, um, publishing house, um, about two and a half years ago. And I went with them in large part, so right around the time I participated in this Twitter event for, for writers, or X, um, and at the time it was still Twitter, uh, for writers, and I linked up with this publisher. But at the same time, I was also getting a lot of positive, some positive feedback from literary agents. But um, I knew I didn't want to walk from the Christian messaging, and so I just felt very comfortable going under contract with the Christian house.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic, and I'm glad that door opened up because uh, a lot of folks that are trying to do the same things they run into these issues, uh, and it's not even just Christian messaging; it's basically anything that's fallen out of the popular culture um, favorite list. You know, if you're trying to write a book about uh, anything to do from COVID shots, even if you're just listing straight information, to the 2020 elections, to anything that's the least bit controversial. If you don't check all the little boxes that the cancel culture is okay with, you have a uphill battle finding anybody that will publish your stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me, which is why a lot of folks have to result to self-publishing and then self-promoting, and it's not a bad route to go in the modern world, but uh, there is still this little bit of prestige, I think, of getting a publishing house to take on your project. It's it's a statement about the level of quality that goes beyond just having faith in yourself, but uh, you talk about the characters. The kids have to I think if you're going to engage in somebody picking up fiction, (coughs) excuse me, sorry, I've got a sudden frog in my throat here. But uh, (coughs) when it comes to writing for kids, especially uh, preteens and then young adults, if they don't recognize themselves in one of your three primary characters that you're seeing the most time with, you're going to lose them quick. They they need to be able to identify and. It can be such a challenge now because a lot of these same kids in these age groups are being forced into a realm of confusion where maybe they weren't before. And here you go. You're writing this great action fantasy adventure where you got this young boy who – um he, he – from Alabama, and all of a sudden he finds himself in a magical kingdom and and This is the stuff that you would think would not only open up the the doors for a series of books but that you would have uh, entertainment powerhouses reaching out uh, soon for for movie rights and uh, you know and hopefully that 's something that will happen but again, where you made the conscious choice to go with the christian uh, publishing house you 're going to have to be very cautious about. Anything else that you do entertainment-wise, because while that would certainly open up the story and bring more people into it because reading has become such a hard thing to get folks to do anyway, uh, you you couldn't turn it over to a, a corporation like Disney is basically what I'm saying. Uh, they would take everything that takes that positive messaging that you're trying to share uh, out and substitute it with… Uh, some paganistic uh, who knows what else uh, in kind the of thing. And so uh, do you have any concerns down the road, or have you even put any thought into that yet? Are you still just kind of focused on uh, moving on to the, the next step in the series?
8: Yeah, so you hit on a ton of good points there, and I want to go back a little bit because you said – Initially, for kids, they need to engage with the characters. And you're the first person who's interviewed me that's hit on that point because it's absolutely accurate. And it is really challenging to, to have the readers, young readers, engage and, and identify with the characters. And I would say for the Magi of Miriam, that has been one of the most pleasant, I don't want to say surprise because I was hoping it would happen, but kids really identify with the two main with the two protagonists, Jesse and Ionia. Jesse is a 12-year-old boy, and Ionia is Jesse's cousin, who's 14. And um, it's kind of interesting because I made them pretty normal kids. I mean, they um, have your typical insecurities, but they don't have any kind of, you know, they're not trying to figure out which bathroom to use, and they're not going through (laughs) these kind of weird things that culturally are prevalent right now. They're just pretty... The typical kids. Now Jesse's mom had passed, and he has some insecurities, and you know a lot of sadness about her passing. And then he's propelled into this alternate world where, unbeknownst to him, she had his mom had this kind of alternate life. And he's like, "Why didn't she clue me into that?" And he's thrown into this cataclysmic, fast-paced battle where he has to choose to do good. Right, the freedom of choice to choose is like a theological thing. Um But all of this to say, uh, kids really do engage with the characters in this, in this book. And, and that this is just a traditional book, like it would be like CS. Lewis Meeting Hunger Games type. And so even though maybe contemporarily the, um, these books are not as commonplace, the market's there. I mean, the kids still, you know, the innate like um, spiritual imprint, God imprint is still upon us all. And these books, I don't think they're ever going to go away for good. I mean, they speak to people. And so there is that. And then you started talking about the movie and the movie aspect. And there is a thing, and you're right. I did have to make a deliberate decision to stick with the Christian theme. And because it was the whole under, it was the whole underlying purpose of me writing in this series was the glorification of God. So Early on, I made the decision, whatever, I won't back away from that for the book. I would say, and you you started talking about movies, I I do have an entertainment attorney who is reaching out to different studios, and a couple of the largest studios have asked for the book. Um, They call it the PDF, but it's the copy of the manuscript, and so they're reviewing it. And I do somewhat view this book a little bit like an Unbroken in that um, I don't know if you ever watched the 2014 movie Unbroken or read Laura Hillebrand's book that was a 2010 release, but the movie Unbroken, and I think it was produced by Angelina Jolie, was a fantastic upraising of Humanity book, I mean movie, and it was very, very, very well done, um, and it was uplifting, it was beautifully done, um, but other people said, oh, well, you really should read the book, the book's really good, so then I went back and I read the book. And I had no idea from the movie that the book was really a glorification of God book. I mean, Louis Armstrong, I think that was the guy's name, or Louis Zepparelli, I can't remember, the main protagonist. who was, like, um, stranded in the ocean, and he was an Olympic runner. Um, His whole life story, after he was saved in his very early 20s, was that he kind of had this epiphany, and he spent the rest of his life kind of professing a, a, about God. And that was a very large component of the book. It was not at all picked up in the movie. So for movies, for the films, I kind of have a similar outlook on if it's produced into a good movie, If it, as long as it's not like a shoot-em-up type thing, which would be really disgusting, and that's really kind of like what I... I, I, I have enough authority to say, like, don't produce it that way. Um, but if it's a uplifting story, humanity uplifting, and then people would watch it and then go back and read the book, I'm okay with that, because ultimately it's still diverting people to the glorification of God book. So that's a very long-winded answer to your question, but absolutely some, some studios are expressing interest in this story, which is great. I mean, that's a good, that's a good reflection on, um, you know, where we might go culturally because I do think that studios, like the film industry in general, is they've lost a fair amount of money. I don't know if you've been paying attention to Hollywood, but they haven't been exactly hitting it out of the park. And they're really struggling with what to produce and next steps. So they're willing right. to take on a, potentially a more traditionally focused uh, story.
0: Well, the the smarter studios are. There's a few of them that are still very stubbornly refusing to acknowledge what the problem is. And the problem is that we instinctively understand that if you don't have that personal relationship with God, that you have something missing. And we see kids and, and young adults and unfortunately now even a lot of older adults – Uh, that are desperately trying to find something else to fill that with. And anything uh, like your book in this instance that actually helps to – not only tell a really great story and show that, hey, yeah, guess what? Even as a kid, you're capable of doing great things. Uh, There may be what looks like unreasonable expectations placed upon you. Maybe you're even the one putting them on you. But you're still capable of stepping up and doing it. But you also get that – Uh, Not just the glorification of God, but that knowing, the understanding that that's the piece that's missing if you don't have that relationship. Uh, We've seen it uh, since the earliest days of uh, the CW back when it was the WB. We saw Seventh Heaven become the biggest uh, uh, non-major network hit that existed. Why? It wasn't a particularly uh, compelling story as much as it was just a family story about a man of God And how that affected his kids and his marriage and the people around him. Uh, It was huge because people kind of started recognizing, hey, wait a minute, that's missing. And we've seen other examples of it too. At the end of the day, we know something's missing. Too many people just haven't quite figured out how uh, to fill that spot with something that's meaningful and positive and again, that's where a great book like this really goes in and does the hard work. And uh, I, I can tell you that any time that you can capture the imaginations of children and get them reading again, especially in this digital video age, uh, then you're accomplishing a miracle. Uh, I, I give J.K. Rawlings <laughs> a lot of credit uh, for just getting people to read once Harry Potter came along. Uh, I could have done without some of the messaging that seems to come from the books, but getting them to read – is no small feat, and you captured this with positive stuff. It is hard to imagine. Uh, something that we need more than this type of uh, material. So, I want to personally thank you for putting in the time, effort, and energy to to bring this to reality and to continue moving forward
5: with it.
8: Oh well, thank you. It's my—I feel blessed to be a part of it. Honestly, Tim, I'm—I'm um, I'm just playing. I felt tapped to write this series, and I am—I feel very privileged and honored to, to be a part of it. Um, and I would say it's incumbent upon those of us who do kind of recognize spiritually that um, you know that is kind of like the the priority and who we are and who we are as a people. And you are connected to others and do good. It's incumbent upon us you arm your kids with that knowledge and help them acknowledge and recognize that they have that in themselves, too. And C.S. Lewis has a great quote. It's uh, since it is so likely that children will meet cruel enemies, let them at least have heard of brave knights and heroic courage. Otherwise, you are making their destiny not brighter, but darker. So that's a C.S. Lewis quote from a long time ago, but it's still uh, 100 percent prevalent today and it will be, you know, in another hundred years, it isn't, we need to arm our kids because you're going to run into bad situations. You're going to run into darkness in your life. You are going to have sad things happen to you. You're going to meet bad people. So you need to kind of have this, um, it's, it's incumbent upon us as parents and teachers and, and just people in America to help kids to acknowledge that they have this empowerment um, and and that a relationship with spirituality and God is is important.
0: Yeah. All right. One more really super quick question that maybe you're not even uh, sure about the answer yet. Uh, How many books are going to be in uh, this particular series? Because if you're anything like Me, as far as my writing is concerned, which obviously you're ahead of the curve because you've been successful at it to this point, but um, lots of times I'll get to a certain point, and then all of a sudden it kind of starts writing itself. So I've got this plan, and then all of a sudden uh, the book takes over. So uh, do you have an idea uh, mapped out with how many books you're planning on in the series?
8: Yeah, for sure. It's a trilogy. It's intended to be a trilogy. And I know the end. I just need to get there. But so you said the book starts to take take a life of its own. So are you a pantser? I actually am. So you just kind of start writing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on tonight. Uh, it's great to, to talk to uh, somebody that uh, is – Managing to – in a very real way, the the level of time management that you're showing here is a bit of a miracle all in and of itself – so, uh, thank you so much. Uh, obviously, keep up the great work. I, I'm a fan and I'm going to continue to be. I hope we can get together again sometime in the future and, and uh, get a little more in depth to the storyline because I, I think there is a lot of stuff here and I think it's only going to get better. Got to be to you. Please, before you go, uh, let everybody know where they can find the book. Uh, feel free to share websites. And as, if you're inviting people to follow you on social media, feel free to share your handles and uh, The platforms
8: yes of course so um you can find all the information on the magi of miriam.com it's spelled m-a-g-i of miriam m-i-r-i-a-m or you can just google the magi of miriam um and you'll have a bunch of hits it's available in a number of different countries it's you can buy it on amazon prime i do want to you can buy it on barnes and noble you can pretty much all retailers can order the book for you for that sell books Um, I do want to plug the Audible because it's read by someone with a much better voice than me. He sounds like Donnie Depp, and he can throw his voice, and he can make it come alive, and it makes it accessible to kids of all ages and families really enjoy it on road trips because the book itself, the hard copy, is a 400-page novel with some advanced vernacular and concepts. The Audible is really accessible to everybody. And it's just a really nice way to engage with the story. So, Tim, thanks so much for having me on your show. It's been a delight.
0: All right. Thank you as well. The uh, pleasure was mine. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Ms. M.K. Sweeney. That's it for us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. And as always, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Have a great weekend, everybody.